What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 143 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros themselves, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you this lovely Thursday evening, Alex? Uh, I'm good. I went to the gym this afternoon mm-hmm. and I was trying to big dog it on the dumbbell bench press. Yep. And I picked up 40s. Yeah. And I had to edge the 40s over to the seat, which is hard enough. Right. So and then I got go it... lifting. Cool, cool. Yep, 100%. Then I got it on <laughs> onto my legs. And then as I got it on my legs, they're like moving in my mm-hmm. wrist. I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> and then like, you know, you need the technique where you sort of roll back yeah. and then lift it up. I've lifted it up and then my my wrists are going like this. <laughs> and, then, wow. and then I just dropped them. So... The, um. I looked at my trainer and went, I just dropped them. And he goes, oh, okay, uh, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going to go again. <laughs> so, so he stood by me this time. And I just picked him up, put him up, two big breaths in, back down, and then got it. it was easy. Nice. So what do you think yeah. was wrong with your limp wrists the first time? I've done I've done 40s before, but I, uh, I don't know if they were just a little bit fatigued or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, had had but, you already um, done some other stuff that might involve grips beforehand? No, if anything, I had I was supposed to do that workout yesterday, but I didn't go. I went today, right? So I should be like fresh. I, was just, I think it was just one of those weekdays. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It happens. You've had a busy week yeah. too, so you've probably yeah. spent uh, a lot of uh, mental energy as well this week. Yeah. Speaking well, of yeah. Ex- expending mental energy, so today. Jake finally had his first, I say full, it's not really full, but first full day at kindy. Uh, I can't remember if I had mentioned this on the podcast before, but he attempted his first day about, yeah, okay. So that was what, three weeks ago, he attempted his first day and lasted all of three hours. We're only going to send him, we were originally only going to send him one day a week, but we've since decided to try to up it to two consecutive days so he gets a little bit more familiar so he'll try and go tomorrow as well but yeah the yep. first day lasted like three hours cried the whole time terrible experience for everyone involved um and we want to persist with it because for anyone who's been following the podcast for a while like we we started this podcast during the pandy which was just after i had my first son and i've spoken a lot about parenting and sort of the sacrifices that you make you know especially when early on when you've got young kids i've got two young kids now and i feel like i'm just getting so close now to the other side of the hard bit if that makes sense because the hard bit not is, to me it means nothing to me right so all, you don't have any kids and anyone who's got kids yeah. uh you'll know what i'm talking about anyone yeah. who is thinking about having kids you should probably think about this before you do as well in the first in the first two to three years, that is the hard part of having children because literally they're allowing you to do absolutely everything. Uh, my wife and I have barely had a proper night's sleep in three years, and we all know how important sleep is for your health. It is. It is. It's so. Killer. It's so important. I had a melatonin last night, and I slept for like nine hours, and I woke up. I was like, "What? What day is it?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to do that stuff. Um, but yeah, you lose sleep, you lose income. Like we, we made the decision that both of us were going to take some time out at various times during this. And so we've, we've spent a lot of time with the kids, which has been awesome to actually be able to build those connections and, and enjoy that time because they're only little ones. 
but you do just lose an absolute shit ton of income. Well, it's 50% of your income if you're both working full time, if one of you takes time out. Um, so, and obviously going through like the pandemic and all that sort of stuff, there's been a lot to navigate over the last three years. And I feel like if we're finally just at the end of this life phase, like life's all just about a whole range of different phases. Uh-huh. And this period with young kids is, is one of those phases. And I feel like we're just on, just on the brink of things starting to shift into the next phase which is when they do start spending more time with other people and at kindy and you start getting a bit more of yourself back so uh i'm excited about that there is that bittersweet element to it where part of you goes like you know i i love having kids like it it is one of the best things i've ever done it is the best thing i've ever done i should say uh i love having them they're little like they they literally do teach you what like unconditional love really is you can have the shittest day in the world and then they just giggle at you and just makes you feel better. Like it's, it's the best. So it is a, it is a bit bittersweet, but, uh, yeah. Also on the flip side, I'm like, I feel like I'm this close to getting a bit of my life back too, which is a really nice feeling, but just, just pumped for Jake too, because it was so good for Nate when he started going to kindy. Like it is one of those things that as a parent, you sort of go, Oh, is this lazy? You know, getting someone else to take care of my kids, but it's not really about that. It's about them, building connections with other kids and uh, increasing their social yeah, skills. Mm. Yeah. And I remember when when Jake was about six months old, I remember listening to something by Jordan Peterson and he was talking about how the most important time of a, a child's life as a parent is up until the age of four years old because that's the time when you've got them the most, but also mm-hmm. it's the time when you can shape their you know, their personality the most. And why it's so important is that once you hit four years old and then you're basically going to preschool, you're spending more, most of your time with other adults, other kids, etc. So you've literally got until four years old to make your children likable. And how likable you make your children basically governs how much help they'll get for the rest of their lives moving forward. Yeah, I've heard Peterson talk a lot about um, getting kids to be good at play yep. is important. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, because they're social skills. If they're, if you're good at play and you're, you're a kid that other kids like playing with, well, you'll have more social interactions. So you'll get better at those social interactions. But a big key one too is if they're polite or funny or just good to be around, it means adults will want to interact with them as well. Yeah. So think about the amount you'll learn or your child will learn from interactions with different adults of different skill sets. Whereas if you've got a kid who's just a shit, who no one wants to spend any time with, and look, we all know someone like that, like that kid's development's going to be stunted. And It's communication, I think. Yeah. Communication I have only thought about in my real later years, how important it is to be able to get your ideas out. Yeah. And like I know people that struggle a bit with, you know, probably don't have the best, uh, like, background in English, they're mm-hmm. really, they get very, very frustrated because they're misunderstood yep. all the time. Totally. And then there's also, there's another element, not just being able to get your point across, but actually being able to gather people is, I think, is really important. Like, the ability to be able to to get people on side and sell a vision, a dream, uh, I think is I think is really, really powerful. And it's, yeah. it's something that I don't think people really focus on. No, no, kids. for sure, for sure. And like, I think that 
during the pandemic in particular, like I hope that the pandemic sort of reminded people how important social interaction is. Because mm. I don't think anyone can say that during the height of like the lockdown periods when we're all cut off from each other, that I, I don't think anyone could say that their mental health was better during that period than it was beforehand. Like from being kept away yeah. from others. Like we as humans, we are social creatures. We need to be around each other. And having the ability to to give your child those social skills early on really will set them up to have a much better life moving forward. So anyway, that that's all I'll, I'll say on that. Um, I'm just stoked that... Just quickly on, on, on that development thing about during the pandemic, uh, yeah. someone, a friend of mine sent me an article through the week talking about a thing called sludge content that's consuming TikTok. Right. And sludge content. And I'll, I'll, I'll post... I'll post an image of what it looks like. Uh, I didn't know it was called this, but it is basically uh, when you run multiple frames, so you'll have audio going. Right? Can you just have... can you just zoom in yeah, slightly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm going to move that image too. too. Um, oops. So all I've done is try to be nice to you, and you still don't like me. How can you not? For audio listeners. It's a Family Guy audio yep. with the visual in the bottom left corner. And on yep. the right half of the screen is a video game that's being played, like a dashing, like a running game. Yeah. And yeah. the top left corner is like a mind, um, what would you call it? Like a mind calming thing. And it's just an absolute hyper stimulus yeah. that's just going over and over. And, and the reason why they... They, it, it got prevalent during Rona, but it also it's tricking the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't know. Like, there's an aspect, an element that people like, therefore it gets pushed. So then, sludge content got more uh, promoted by the algorithm, right? And it's really like fucking with kids' brains because yeah, it's yeah, overstimulation. Yeah, well, yeah. Every every single thing in regards to technology these days is destroying our attention spans. And you know as an adult, it's bad enough when you jump on your phone and you scroll and you start looking through like Instagram reels or whatever and you know you can just get stuck in that vortex. And every single one of those reels is usually 10 to 20 seconds long because that's how long it can hold our attention for. And you usually realize within about three seconds whether or not you actually want to watch any more of it. Like, like we can't even keep to the end of a 20-second video if it doesn't grab our attention straight this, away. And that sludge I content, now you've got three different stimuli in the one video primarily yeah. aimed at children who already have shorter attention spans. Like, it's, it's really scary. I was talking that's to someone... Going. I was talking to someone during the week and one of the, well, two things that I do to for myself, like this video game that I'm playing, I'm playing Hell Let Loose at the moment. It's a World War II simulator. Mm-hmm. The rounds are an hour and 45 minutes. Right. And there, I actually think that there is a part, see, I was playing like Call of Duty before yep. and the rounds are very short and it's very fast paced. But this year I can sit in it and it's making me... Uh, I can concentrate on books and long articles and yep. like far more since I've been playing that game. So mm. in, in a way, even though it's a video game, the format or the, or the fact that it's long form is helping my concentration brain. Absolutely, because you are forced to yeah. focus on one task for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. It, it's, it's one another of the... Another focus one is um, racing cars. So uh, <laughs> we've just booked another race day. But when you, when you have got 
it's pretty dangerous, right? Racing is pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. And when you've got that level, when you require that level of focus to not die, yep. uh, that's a very engaging experience as well. Absolutely. Uh, from the kid's perspective, I think that with all of the electronic devices which are destroying attention spans these days, I think it makes sport far more important than it even was before. Yeah, for sure. Because sport, again, sure. is something yeah. you're moved away from your electronic devices and you're, in, you're engaged in something for however long that you are in that sport for. So, yeah, I think it's it's definitely something I that do, all parents should be thinking about. I do worry about this aspect, though. Like, I know when a new game comes out, for example, like something of a big franchise, like a Battlefield or a, or a Call of Duty, and when there's obviously there's freaks out there grinders that are just sitting on there all the time that's all they do in their life and you encounter these people and the skill level divide is so large like i remember when i first got that like i just downloaded on the first day this brand new game Mm -hmm. and i but i had to do a day's work first before i came to play it and there were guys that like you know level 50 or something at that time and their their skill set was so far like so out there and I wonder what effect that has on kids, right? If, if your kids are going to start playing games, but there's some grinder out there that's been playing it the whole time, mm-hmm. is like, what effect is that going to have? How do you teach them to handle the fact that you're not going to be... Like, you're only going to be as good as what you apply yourself at. So, so yeah. the amount of time that you invest in is what you're going to get out of it. Yep. How do you teach that? Look, all that stuff's really tricky because that applies to literally everything for kids. Because children, by their own, like their very essence, are fresh at everything they do. And Mm. they will always be around someone that is better than them at something. And it is tricky because, like, I've noticed it with Nate. Like, obviously, I'm a big sports fan. Amanda's a big sports fan. We both like watching and playing sports. And as a parent, you just, you're, you know, you want to live vicariously through your kids, don't you? Like you want them to enjoy the same things that you did. And we really want the boys to be into sports as well. Not just because we like them, but because we think they're really good for you too. Um, But there's no guarantees that the boys will be good at sports at all. And the, the tricky thing is finding that balance especially early on because i noticed that when we first started bringing nate to these like sports classes and things where it things that he's comfortable in he really enjoys that so he will apply himself and keep trying at skills that he's never done before he will you can already see that he feels embarrassed that he can't do it so he's apprehensive to even try so the key is to try to make these things fun and, and make sure there isn't a much pressure early on because you just want them to keep showing up. And I think one of the things that I've learned as I've gotten older is when it comes to getting better at a skill, just showing up is really all that matters. It doesn't matter if you lose every time you show up. If you show up every single time, you will get better. You may not get to be the best, but you will improve. You will get better. So you need to try to make sure that it's still fun because I know exactly what you're talking about with online gaming because I experienced that when, you know, I I love gaming from time to time. I typically don't play uh, multiplayer games just because I, I don't enjoy spending my time that way when I do game. I usually prefer single-player things. But when I have played some multiplayer stuff, yeah, if you, if you hop on and you just get 
owned by everyone straight away and like yeah this isn't fun like i'm not going to stick around to get better enough at this just to hang like i'm just going to go and find something else to do so yeah it's a tricky one see it's funny it's funny because like i i've started breaking stuff down this is probably something i've got good at in the last sort of five or six years so things that i struggled with you know i was spoken about on the podcast before where like reading and being like attention to detail so like documented things was not my strong suit and i'd met a boss that literally just said you've just got to do it every fucking time yeah. like when something when you when you get sent an email read every word he said print it out and walk up and we'll, i'll read it with you you know if yep but you've just got to do it and then and then now i i break that stuff down like and we're talking about the gaming thing right there was something mm-hmm. i was struggling with in the game so i have to identify what that thing was and then think like okay, how can i correct it so instead mm. of just going oh this sucks and i can't do it and this is this this tool you can use for life and i've got another example of where this came in that happened recently when you have something that you struggle with instead of just putting your hands up and going ah no good yeah break it down and analyze it okay so what aspect of that yeah. was was my problem so i just in the game i just wasn't hitting my targets mm-hmm. i wasn't hitting it so someone off in a distance these single shot rifles really really hard and i just wasn't hitting and I, and then i went instead of just getting frustrated i was like well hold on like what what parts can i control all right yeah. i can control the movement i control the lead okay what how can i test it in an environment like and it turns out i was just aiming with the wrong part of the crosshair right and so once i went found a wall tested it went ah okay mm. like that's what it is you know yep. Same with racing cars. There was a there was a, a thing that I was doing that was unsettling the car. I watched the video over and over and over again. Watched mm-hmm. other people's videos. Oh, okay, they do this. All right, now test it. All right, test it. Did the test. Check the analytics. All right, did that make an improvement? And once you break those things down, uh, it, into more palatable pieces, you you can get good at anything. Absolutely. So we we had a situation building this app of mine. We had a situation where my developers are a little bit, um, they are apprehensive now because it looks like they're going to have to build the whole thing as opposed to grabbing pieces of it from every which way and, and, and jumbling it together. Yep. And they are intimidated by it. And we've got a guy that's going to uh, basically be a fill-in uh, chief technical officer mm-hmm. who's going to wrangle it together. And he, he said, it's as simple as this. I will break the tasks down into individual bits that we can focus on, do step one, brah, do step two, brah, do step three, brah, yeah. and then we'll, we'll compile it all together. The, the When you just look at the end product, if you, and just referring it back to the video game, you just want to do headshots all the time. You can't yeah. just go from nothing to headshots every time, yeah. right? You have to work through that process. And once you break it down those bits, do this part, get the movement right, make sure you're mm. looking at that, at, at that thing. Once you break that, that item down into lots of little bits and then work on those little bits, test in an environment and then uh, apply and understand what it is about your skill set that you've changed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, think that's re- I think that's a really, that's been for me personally, that's been extremely powerful. And then I, now I feel like I can be good at anything. If there's, if there's something yeah. that I don't know about, it's just that I'm not good at it yet. That's now, right. If I apply myself to it and I break it down into pieces and I know, okay, he's lifting those weights today. Mm-hmm. Right. The the really what got me was just that technique and getting it from my legs back to that 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 rear position. Yep. I know that's the part that got me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. Wrist strength comes later, but 
but I know that with a bit of technique, if I focus on the technique, I can get better. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on because we do have some news to get to today. Uh, I want to start with a clip from Tucker Carlson. So Tucker Carlson, as we discussed on the... Uh, oh, no, we didn't discuss on the pod last week, did we? No, we missed out. We should have. No, okay. All right. Before we play this, oh, I, just... I, I just I just want to quickly say, remember last week on the podcast, so we discussed Fox's settlement in the Dominion case. And one of the things that I said back then was the only reason why I was interested in the story was because... In my opinion, this could have been the beginning of the end for the mainstream media itself. And and my my thoughts back then were, does this Dominion lawsuit set a precedent for anyone or company or public figure who has been defamed by any media outlet, does it set a precedent for more lawsuits to come? And I'm sure it does. I'm sure we will see more lawsuits. What I was not expecting was during the week to have... Fox News get rid of Tucker Carlson, their uh, the most highly rated news presenter in American news. Television. No, second, second. Is he to who? Yeah, um, oh, I don't know the guys. I, Gutfeld. Gutfeld is is the highest by actually a massive margin. We never see any of this stuff. No, Greg I Gutfeld. think I think Gutfeld's the highest paid. No, no he gets the rated. biggest viewership. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so he's well one of the highest then. So if he's if yeah. he's second, uh, and then you also had CNN cut Don Lemon loose, and yeah, isn't it so funny how every single person you've heard speak about both of these people during the week is like, oh my god, Tucker Carlson's been cut loose. Oh yeah, and Don Lemon has as well. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Dave Portnoy said it best. Dave Portnoy goes, he goes, this is the crazy thing about the left and the right. Even when their guys got fired, they had arguments over who got fired the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting because obviously there's a few things and we we can go into the Tucker thing a little bit after the video if you'd like, but I don't think that this is the last big news you're going to see in the news landscape. But yeah, this is Tucker Carlson's first... Well, let me just say, let me just say this first. Yeah. Um, we In the... We said, and I actually posted it up, and I had I had one of I think it was Daniel Andrews Hounds chase me on Instagram. <laughs> I said back then, independent media is the future. Yep. And she attacked me. No, it's not. And da 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 da. Anyway, um, the person, no, the personality has more power than they've ever had ever, because mm-hmm. you have the ability to spread your voice unlike you've ever been able to have that's before. right so here's here's tucker good evening it's tucker carlson one of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country kind and decent people people who really care about what's true and a bunch of hilarious people also a lot of those it's got to be the majority of the population even now so that's heartening The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, 
emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink. and They become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. What are your thoughts on that, Alex? Well, I like it. I, I like what he's what he said. So I, I'm a Tucker fan, okay? Mm. And now, I'm not, I don't like all the things that he says because some of the stuff you can clearly see he's been given a script here's a thing push this and yeah. it's it to me it's he pushes it to an unreasonable level mm-hmm. but at the same time he's one of the few people that i've seen him backtrack on his ideas mm-hmm. apologize for them say that he was um like he's been in podcasts and he's he's said like i i was pushed to do this and it's dumb and I, I kick myself for doing it. Yeah. And now I, and I genuinely believe that. And I think when he has his own thing, it could be huge. Mm. It'll be huge. And it's going to properly ruffle feathers. Like yeah. not, not like not this pantomime that the left and the right play against each other mm-hmm. properly anti-establishment. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to make more money. He'll make more money. Oh yeah, totally. He'll, like he'll, he'll be totally fine. Like every major network's already clamoring to sign him. Uh, even I saw Daily Wire said that if Tucker did give him a call, they would break out the uh, the big novelty size checkbook for him. Uh, I don't think that. I think he'll just go independent. I think that he'll wherever he goes, he'll make money. And and I'm the same as you. I like Tucker. I don't agree with everything he says. And everyone needs to realize that that's normal. You shouldn't agree Mm. with everything anyone says. Mm. If you do, maybe you need to check your beliefs on that because maybe you're being indoctrinated into a system. Because none of us are the same. Challenge yourself and challenge yourself. If you feel that way, go challenge yourself and find their worst enemy and start listening to some of their stuff. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's how I started listening to John Campbell at the beginning of the pandemic because I wanted someone to convince me that the vaccines were the right way to go. And he just so happened to fall down the, the rabbit hole with the rest of us during the pandy. But but I'm in I'm in two minds to show this next clip. One of the reasons why I like uh, Carlson is because he can also play a character. Yep. Can I show I, the yeah, interview? Just before I'll you say, do, I, you say your bit first. I just wanted to say the big point that I took out of what he said, I think, is so accurate in that. Times are so ridiculous right now 
that they won't last. So all the ridiculous stuff that you see bandied around on mainstream news right now, like the like he, what he said was perfectly right. The subjects that they choose to talk about are all the culture war divide and conquer subjects, all the tinderbox events. The things that they don't want to talk about are the things that we try to talk about on this channel because it's the stuff that's actually important that you should probably know about. And all of that ridiculousness, it just can't last forever, and it won't. What day did he get fired? Uh, Friday, I believe. Friday was what day? So that would be Thursday in America? What uh, date's that? No, sorry, I think it was Friday in America because... No, no, sorry, it was. It was Thursday in America because I remember them saying that he signed off that night saying like we'll we'll see you soon or whatever and then he got fired 10 minutes before the next show started and the stock dropped from $30.80 to uh what's the bottom there dropped a dollar uh a dollar at how many shares are there i can't see it but yeah look a big significant drop just from that news, look at that. That's the one month. Yeah. And I think I, so, I remember seeing something recently too where Rumble shares actually went up 6% on the news that Tucker got fired because they thought that Rumble might get more Tucker content. Let's see. Let's see. And I need to go to... And this is... The, uh, like, five day. Yeah, it did too. Yeah, see, it there was did. a big bump. So, and this is what we, we spoke about last week in the podcast. Like, everything that's happening in mainstream media at the moment, it is becoming the death knell of mainstream media. And yeah. I believe that, like, there's all this stuff that's gone on in the background with the Tucker thing. There's text messages that showed that he was actually um, anti-Trump, even though he was having to be pro-Trump on air and he had issues with his bosses and all that sort of stuff and though like there'll be all the reasons in the world that'll be put out publicly as the reason why they actually got rid of him i i actually think that the main reason why fox news got rid of tucker is because tucker out of all of these left left wing right wing fox cnn msnbc news hosts was the only one who ever actually disagreed with party lines on certain subjects. So yeah. he was yep. vehemently anti-Ukraine war. He called it out for what it was. He just recently had um, Robert F. Kennedy on and did an interview with him about how certain networks literally pushed the vaccines, which they now have shown have uh, have injured and killed people. And why is that interesting? Well, apart from the obvious, the fact is that Bobby Kennedy has just announced uh, run, he's running as a presidential nominee for the Democrats. So Fox News getting a Democratic presidential nominee on air to give him airtime, that never would have happened before, right? Yeah. So he doesn't just toe party line. So I think that does make him a little bit dangerous. I also think that they are literally trying to get his voice off the air because it's 2023 and in 12 months time you've got the next US presidential election so it's all about sure. controlling I, I, the airtime yeah. so they can control the narrative leading into the next election because you don't need to can run I show some, can I show some of the, the clip of why I like 
Yeah, yeah, go for I it. I like Tucker. Now, I and I don't want this to take away from him. He's a like he's a proper yeah, he's yeah. a proper journalist, but he does have some fun sometimes. For sure, and Davey Portnoy, uh, Barstool uh, El Presidente. Uh, he's one of my favourites. He's great, and he he gets along with Tucker. So they have a bit of banter, and I want to show you this. In another sign of global progress, some government agencies in one country are no longer using the term shark attacks. They say it's a stigmatizing phrase that unfairly prejudices people against subsurface. Don't know why it's buffering. I, I love that that um, lefty liberal screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Referring to shark attacks as, or quoting now, negative interactions like when a great white chews off your leg, it's a negative interaction. Australia's Department of Primary Industries just announced that change. One University of Sydney researcher said the move is appropriate because most shark attacks are more like small bites than actual attacks. So how to assess this? Well, Dave Portnoy is most famous for starting the sports site Barstool and is an online gaming mogul, but he's also, and few knew this, a renowned shark expert. In fact, He's the author of the book, Sharks Have Feelings Too. So it's to Dave Portnoy we go to understand this change. Dave Portnoy, thanks so much for coming on tonight. So how negative an interaction is a shark attack, would you say? I mean, it's really negative, but it's negative for the shark. You're in his territory. He's He lives in the water. Humans don't belong in the water. So a shark is minding his own business, and a human wades, it would be like a stranger walking into your house. It's traumatizing, and it's negative for the shark. Well, that's a completely different perspective that most Americans don't have. They imagine for some reason that they can kind of wade into the ocean without getting eaten. But you're saying that's a violation of the territorial integrity of sharks. <laughs> I equate it to my, my domains, you know, social social media and Twitter. And I, I swim around. And when somebody doesn't know anything about me and bumps into me and I bite them, they say they were attacked. But you came into my house, into my territory. If you look at the numbers, uh, what, there's 10 shark attacks, 10 deaths a year. There's 100 million sharks that are getting killed every year. The sharks aren't the ones attacking people. People are attacking the sharks. Those numbers speak for themselves. <laughs> All right. Body we, surfing we is a that. home invasion. Well, you know, one of the things I, I do want to say about that is his ability to play a character like that, that's why they get paid money because that's what yeah. normal news presenters do when they're telling you, go take this vaccine. Oh, you know, let... Um, who's it? Was it Noam Chomsky that wrote the book Manufacturing Consent? I was yeah. having a conversation with uh, uh, with my old man about the, our old man actually during during the week. And uh, when you really think about that concept, that all the mainstream news is there to do is to manufacture consent from the citizens for the government to do what it wants to do, it really does change perspective on on mainstream news. That kind of ties in. I got the clip ready. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Ukraine and uh, Carlson being against Ukraine. And I don't want to derail it. But we have seen, and I, I know it's old footage of Julian Assange talking about what this yeah. whole thing's about. Yeah. Can I play that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you should. I think you should. This, I mean, this essentially is the real reason why Julian Assange is being uh, persecuted by the American government. Yeah, I'll play this down. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is the... Sorry, he's talking about Afghanistan. So this would have been like 2003, 2005 or something like that. Yeah. But picture it 
now. Picture him saying the same thing right now. Tell me what you think. Use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal, i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. Yeah. So, Jason, how long, when when we pulled out of uh, Afghanistan, Yep. how long after did we did Russia go to war with Ukraine? Uh, it was about six months. Wasn't I think it shorter? It, no, no, I think it was about... I, I think it was about August that the pullout happened. Because I remember there being a lot of conjecture because Joe Biden, like, well, I don't know if it was specifically Joe Biden, but the the Biden administration's plan was to have the pullout be finalized by September 11, just because they just wanted to remind everyone about why they were there in the first place. But when yep. there was all the public backlash because of that, they actually did the pullout beforehand and obviously fumbled the ball. Um and then, so I think it was about August, and then the Ukraine war officially kicked off, I think, February the year later. So it was about six months. Yeah, you're right, Feb. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and but I mean, is... I, uh, we've been speaking about it the whole time. What, like, yeah. what does Congress do? It just signs off billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars that goes to the in, uh, military industrial complex. Yeah. So literally exactly what he had said, or they are telling us they are doing. That's right. And, and this is where it comes into manufacturing consent. And this is the sort of stuff that Tucker was talking about in, in that little clip that we first started with is the whole point of the mainstream media is to get you to feel something that the powers that be want you to feel because then that gets your consent for them to spend your tax dollars patting their own pockets through these proxy wars. And for exa- uh, let me give you an example the push to get other countries to join NATO, they sell it as, oh, it's a great thing because we're all going to work together to make the world a safer place. And if we get these other countries into the fold, then, you know, that's going to be great and that'll help protect democracies all around the world. The real reason why America wants countries to join NATO is because part of the NATO charter says that each country, each member nation is supposed to spend 2% of their GDP, their gross domestic product, on security and weaponry. And where do they purchase those weapons from? American weapons manufacturers. So for every new country that joins, you get 2% of their GDP funneled directly into your Lockheed Martins and your Raytheons of the world. And that's where all of the members of Congress have their shares. Like, they're all lock-loaded, ready to go. It is a giant money-making uh, opportunity for them. And, and so, men are dying every single day for it. Yeah, that's right. That, uh, absolutely. And I want you to, to take yourself back to the beginnings of the conflict and think about the emotional stories you were told on the media to get you to back Ukraine. We were told, like, the big one was about Zelensky when they basically made him, like, the not, not martyr, but the key figure, the god figure, where 
they told you the story about how the American military had offered him a ride out and he was like, no, I'm going to stay and fight. Like, they made him out to be this hero. And I'm sure we recorded that message from his fucking film studio in Los Angeles, but that's the way they made him out in the media. He was this heroic guy staying back to fight to, you know, to... uh, to defend democracy liberate his people yeah yep um think about the other stories you heard about at the beginning the the ghost of kiev do you remember that story yeah the nonsense story about some apparently ukrainian fighter pilot that shot down all of these russian planes which never actually existed you had that yeah. other story about i can't remember what the um the island was but there was the like ukrainians that were holed up on this island with russian warships there and they were like surrender and they basically told them to go fuck themselves and got bombed like you got bombarded with all of this heroic messaging about how the evil russians had invaded it's all putin's fault and these are the brave ukrainians that we need to go in there and and protect and save and what you will notice is that you don't really hear those stories anymore you haven't heard them for months because the consent was already manufactured they didn't need to tell you the stories anymore They've yeah. already manufactured the consent. They've already sent the it's money. We've already you'd committed. See it in the street. I felt this in the street. But people would just like if you spoke to anyone about it, yep. they would just quote all those things that you just said. That's right, because it's powerful. That propaganda is powerful. Think about COVID when the vaccine rollout happened. How did they manufacture consent for the vaccines? Oh, you need to get it, otherwise you'll kill Granny. You need yeah. to get it. Like it's not just about you; it's about stopping the spread. We need to flatten the curve so that the hospital system doesn't crumble. Like, they manufactured consent for the vaccine rollout. Thanks, Alex. They manufactured consent for the vaccine rollout by feeding you full of emotional stories. And then once it achieved its desired result, they stopped telling you the emotional stories about these subjects and they moved on to the next one. And we're seeing that now with Taiwan. And how America's trying to shift gears towards Taiwan. So what Tucker said there is really important about how as long... Like, there aren't many places you can still go to hear the truth, but there's still some. And as long as you can still hear them, that's what's important. And that brings me into the next piece of news that I've got for you. Right. Because I want you to bring up the next resource I sent you. Now, for, uh, for your listeners, I sent Alex this resource, but I didn't want him to read it beforehand because I want his reaction to this live. Zoom in slightly. So, uh, this news... Well, it's not even... It's like a press release, basically, but just to give it a bit of a preamble, one of the things we have always said during the pandemic is we want to keep an eye on where the big key figures, the control figures during the pandemic, who have then jumped off the wagon have then ended up and former New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern was one of those people firmly on our radar because she is a World Economic Forum darling and I noticed this during the week she's actually popped up because she has picked up a new job so there's an article here now this is from um, this is from Harvard University former New Zealand leader Jacinda Ardern joins Berkman Klein Centre as and this is, like, this is her title, Knight Tech Governance Leadership Fellow. 
Knight being K-N-I-G-H-T. So Knight Tech Governance Leadership Fellow. So can you scroll down a little bit, Alex? Now, this is very recent. This is from the 25th of April, 2023. So let me read this to you. The Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University is thrilled to announce Jacinda Ardern as its first Knight Tech Governance Leadership Fellow. Ardern served as the 40th Prime Minister of New Zealand from 2017 to 2023. The fellowship begins this fall. Ardern is known globally as a dedicated and effective leader in pursuing greater online platform accountability and content moderation standards through the Christchurch Call, a community of over 120 governments, online service providers, and civil society organizations sparked by the live streaming of deadly mass killings by a white supremacist at two mosques in Christchurch in March 2019, which killed 51 people. In quotes, I am delighted to be formally working with the Berkman Klein Centre, said Prime Minister Ardern. The centre has been an incredibly important partner as we've developed the Christchurch call to action on addressing violent extremism online. Emerging technologies such as AI present huge opportunities to address online harms, but also challenges. My time with BKC will allow me to collaborate with the excellent team as we advance the work of the Christchurch call. At the Berkman Klein Centre, Ardern will further the mission of the Christchurch Call in collaboration with the Centre's vibrant, collaborative research community of multidisciplinary scholars and practitioners. She will additionally work closely with BKC leadership to explore emerging challenges of governance to protect against algorithmic harms during a critical moment of the explosive proliferation of generative AI tools. Uh, Ardern is also noted for the exceptional results of her data-driven, evidence-based public health policy during her nation's grappling with the COVID crisis. In quotes, We are so deeply impressed by Jacinda Ardern's track record of leadership in both accelerating political will and engaging those responsible for the design and deployment of technologies to create a better, safer, more inclusive future, said Berkman Klein Centre Executive Director Sue Hendrickson. Her expertise meaningfully enhances our centre's work as a space of advanced learning and action on critical societal technology issues. I look forward to working with her to continue the mission of the Christchurch Call and address global challenges presented by emerging technologies. Key point, the Knight Tech Governance Leadership Fellowship at the Berkman Klein Centre spans the academic year beginning August 1st, 2023 through to August 31st, 2024. And I'm not going to read the rest. But essentially... What this means is that a Prime Minister of a country, so Prime Minister of New Zealand, resigned to go working for Harvard to advocate for online censorship. That was her uh, true calling. That, where do you think the money came from? Who do you think is a sponsor for these, these people? Um, if I had to guess, I'd say it might be things such as the Trusted News Initiative, which would be financed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I'd say BlackRock has something to do with this too, because you remember a few months ago that uh, before she resigned, she was spotted by a rebel news reporter leaving the offices at BlackRock after having a meeting there. Uh have you found a funder for the Berkman Klein Center? I've got the whole list right here. I'll share right. it now. Let's go through it. So, we, uh, uh, what have we got here? Let's look. Facebook's one. Yep. eBay is Bill one. And 
Bill, oh, yeah, Bill and Melinda Gates, Gates Foundation. Foundation, of course, they're there. Google's there. Uh, IBM, IBM is there. Oh, hold on. Uh, Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Okay, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, they... they if you go to most fact-check articles and you scroll to the bottom to see where their funders come from, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is one of those. And that Johnson is one of the Johnsons out of Johnson & Johnson who sold one of the vaccines, oh, right. which, yeah. So, anyway, Here's one I'm disappointed about. Mozilla. Yeah. They're well, supposed to be all about free speech. They were, and then they sold out, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, keep, keep going. Microsoft Corporation. Microsoft Corporation. News Corp slash MySpace. Oh, I didn't know they had MySpace. Me neither. I didn't even know that was still there. PayPal. PayPal yep. We know that. Reuters is in there. Symantec, which is a uh, antivirus company. Viacom. And right at the bottom, World Economic Forum. So... Boo! Boo! Berkman Klein Center. Boo! So what did we say months ago about her? She was a world economic... So she did essentially the same job for the World Economic Forum. She actually headed up their like cyber security censorship division or whatever the, the, the nice name it was that they gave it. And, and remember we said when she resigned, we knew that she was going to go to some cushy role. And I said that I think that she resigned because... If you get voted out, you don't have the same level of prestige as if you just left. And everyone knew yeah, that sure. she was going to lose at the next election as well. Yeah. So isn't that fascinating? So she has gone, like her, her life's calling apparently, because I mean, I'm sure she'll be busy in this role. Like she did claim that she was leaving her prime ministership for, you know, to spend more time with family because she's got children mm. or at least one child. But now she's going to be working for Harvard in America, doing online censorship. Thanks, Jacinda. Doing Paid your part for, for a better by world. The usual suspects. Yeah, absolutely. And doesn't wow. that just doesn't that just fall into line with everything that like Tucker was saying? Like these these are your leaders. So Jacinda Ardern, and they they say the same rubbish in that in that clip. Oh, she's known for her evidence based, data driven approach to COVID. No, she wasn't. She yeah, just followed the, the playbook that. that was given to her by all the same people who sponsor that foundation she's now working for. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? I spoke to someone who was very pro the COVID measures mm-hmm. uh, as, as it was happening. Yep. And having a conversation with him recently, he talked... Uh, we're talking about a completely different subject, but he basically said he's now realised the levels of corruption that are involved within uh, governments, but also like corporate systems. Right. And he's like, oh, it's, it's just, you know, it's, he goes, it's so shit to think about because it's just so corrupt. And I'm like, yeah, look, it is shit, but like, you know, now, so that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. So don't whinge about it. Like position yourself to either benefit from it or protect yourself from it. Yeah, and there are ways that you can do it. You should be aware of this stuff. This is why mm. we hope people come to our our show to see this kind of stuff and just understand. Yeah. Okay, like my my money is going. Like, what I'm hearing is that real or is someone paying for that? That's right. Because we've just proven again. Like the way she's gone to a joint, paid for by all the usual suspects, all the yeah. bad dudes. They're all throwing money. Um, 
to keep these people in this in, in this cycle of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that you're exactly right. Like knowing is half the battle, as GI Joe would mm. say. And if you know these things, you've got two choices. You can get upset about it, or you can you can reframe your life to make these issues not affect you mm. in, in, in the same way as they would if you still believed it all. And, mm. and at the end of the day, like Tucker said, this stuff is all so ridiculous. This won't last forever. It just can't. Mm-hmm. Because one of the big things that I know about kids of today, the kids coming through, is they spend a lot of time on the internet they are more empathetic than most generations that have come through before them. And so a lot of people think that that makes them naive and easy to manipulate. And to a degree, that's correct. However, they're more savvy than you give them credit for. And once they realize that this is all bullshit, well, they're savvy enough to... They, they know how the internet works. They were born in it. They grew up in it. Yeah. They know how to mobilize. They know how to get people together. And so in the future, you won't see millennials throwing tomato soup on a painting because they think climate change is going to destroy the world in five years. You'll see millennials creating their own political party and going, hey, guys, yeah. the old system has fucked all of us. Like, you know, we can talk about everything. We can talk about housing prices. We can talk about you can't rent. We can talk about, you know, getting into massive amounts of debt to get a degree that then doesn't guarantee you a job. Like, we, we can talk about all those things. But this is what I know. The system beforehand has completely failed us as a generation. We need a new system, and they'll build it themselves. And they'll be fine. And I will say, the internet is a bit of a bastion, and there is a fight. And obviously, Jacinda, is, she's going to be part of that. Yeah. And you need to start positioning yourself. You need to understand how the internet works and yep. how censorship works and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, I had dinner with someone the other day and he, he's like a mad red pillar and he, he, he sat with some people that are too busy to pick up what we put down. Right. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I can prove it to you. And he's like, pull your phones out. And he goes, okay, search this, um, uh, on Google. And I think it was, what is a woman search yeah. this? And then, and then, okay, go to duck, duck, go right, search it again. You know, and they they had their minds exploded. They're like, yeah. "Oh my god, like this is crazy, right?" Yeah. Um, there are, there is. I know in the in the crypto world, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of um, people now trying to build specific infrastructure, so decentralized infrastructure to uh, create our own internet. It already exists, like the dark web, which is really called the Tor browser. T O R. Yep. Tor browser is a decentralized internet which means that the whole network is made up by a bunch of nodes so Mm. my computer here could be a node for the tor browser i think brave brave browser gives you the ability to open a tor session yep um i i haven't spent anything maybe maybe i should go and have a play on it and come back and report back i think you should yeah yeah but there, I think it's full of cops. But um, <laughs> there are there are people that are trying to. There are groups of people, like you said, that are mobilizing and trying to give people, supply people the hardware so that information can spread freely. Yeah. And you've just got to be aware of them and just sort of embrace it where you can and support mm. it where you can. 
because we can on the internet we all have a piece we we, yeah. we all have a voice we all have uh the ability to talk trade share ideas yeah. um we can all benefit together but we need to look out for for uh for our for each other yeah and, and you need just to, understand you that all those people on that list all those people on the list are doing the exact opposite yeah and every single person on that list is sending brown paper bags full of cash to your elected representatives to get them to pass legislation which allows them to do these things and this is yep. what this is what you need to to keep in mind it is more important than ever to be informed it is more important than ever for you to be politically engaged. And I don't mean going to protests. Protests don't really work, in my opinion. What I mean is you need to be putting the pressure on your elected representatives to not pass the legislation like what they passed uh, on, the, in, on the slide during the pandemic when they passed the um, Digital Surveillance... Uh, I can't remember exactly what the term is, but Digital Surveillance Act, which allowed... Uh, the Australian Federal Police to take control of people's social media accounts and post yeah. as them. Like, that is not on. That should never be the case in a polite society. But that happened during the pandemic. I thought COVID was what we were supposed to be worrying about during the pandy. But no, they're passing that shit. So we need to be, you know, emailing or calling our local representative's office going, hey, I saw you voted in favour of this thing. I'm telling all of my friends, if you don't vote against that stuff or repeal that stuff, you're fucking out. Because all these people yeah. care about is their own jobs. Because at the end of yeah. the day, the only way they can get that sweet cashola from these corrupt people is if they're in a position of power that it benefits them to, to get that money. So if you mm. can get them voted out or at least threaten to vote these people out for doing these things, that's the way that we can actually create change. But they rely on culture war divide and conquer tactics where they get you distracted by bullshit and fighting with each other instead of realizing what's really going on and they rely on just general apathy because most people don't really care until it affects them and they go like we saw that with vaccine mandates early on we were we were calling the alarm as soon as they started talking about vaccine passports and the ideas that they had from the stuff that was even overseas which um, it, sorry, it wasn't even a vaccine passport. It was a COVID passport originally where you would get a test and then would update whether or not you had COVID. That might have actually made sense. But we raised the red flags early on with that stuff going, this is going to be a drip-fed thing into here and then they're going to add all of these other controls to it. And look what happened. Example of that is that COVID's over and they're still trying to push the passport. Yeah, they've still got advertising on. Like we're still spending millions of dollars on advertising to sell vaccines that don't work. No, no, but forget the vaccines for a moment. The passport. So they still want the passport, even though yep. the need for the passport has gone. They mm -hmm. still want the passport. So they're still pushing for digital identity. Um, can we talk about the other bit of news where, uh, in like, someone else might be leaving the spotlight? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll finish on this. This. Yeah. So, Voice for Victoria is someone that we we have followed a lot, especially during the pandemic. Um, and one of the things that they do very well is they do get a lot of insider information from uh, people in the know in Victorian politics. And they often have leaks from their little birdies, which have been very, very accurate in, in at least in recent months. Mm. And there's been a new leak fresh from their birdies. And I'll read this out for you. So 
she's posted, and this was today, uh, there's been rumours for weeks that Dan Andrews will leave slash step down, uh, but the king of the birdies has heard their leaving time has been decided for July. He'll quietly slip away during the winter break of Parliament, handing over the leadership to Jacinta, otherwise known here as Socialist Barbie. Will this go well? Absolutely not. She has next to no control over the party room. Certain union leaders are not a fan of hers, and she is a demonstrated disaster when it comes to doing media under pressure. Not what you want when the state is teetering on the edge of a cliff. It's also incredibly interesting timing that as of today, Socialist Barbie is now at the centre of a potential IBAC inquiry for being warned via email about corruption from the unions on work sites but failed to do anything about it. A truly incredible coincidence. It's ironic that as the government slashes public service jobs, departments are lifting VAX mandates. I don't know what those two acronyms are. D-E-L-W-P and D-F-F-H have moved to recommended. Uh, D-J-C-S and Victoria Police are going through a farce of a review as D-E-T starts. They're also desperate for staff. The review seems like a waste of resources. Revisiting the disproportional power of DPC and PPO advisors, it's well known in the departments and totally normalised that those advisors are top of the pecking order. Everyone knew ambitious ministerial advisors only had eyes for what was extremely accepted as being top of the food chain. This government might as well be the Titanic post-iceberg because the leaks that have started are truly unmatched. Whether it's rats abandoning a sinking ship or those on the gravy train getting angry at it grinding to a halt, the next few months are unlikely to be good for the government. Now, wow, wow, we were. So, my my Happy initial thoughts. Videos. Yeah, well, my my initial thoughts when I heard this was, it actually makes way more sense than I thought it would at face value because I thought that Dan Andrews is the king and he'll he'll never give up his crown, whether it's because of ego or because of the fact that literally every bit of corruption runs through his office in that state, and. The only thing probably keeping him out of prison is holding public office. But, yeah. but in saying that, the state is fucked. And yeah. the promises that he handed out to unions to get their votes to get elected in the last election, he's already reneged on. All of these big infrastructure projects for the CFMEU, he's now reneged on those. Saying that, oh, because the uh, the debt's really bad, we gotta we got to tighten up the purse strings. And and they do. They they absolutely do. It's They're a mess. Yeah, they have more debt than Queensland, New South Wales, and Tasmania combined. And obviously, interest rates have just gone up, which means the rates on the debt have just gone up considerably as well. So the, the state's fucked. And what that means is I think that there'll be a lot more oversight on how he spends taxpayer money in the foreseeable future which means it is not as easy for him to grease the wheels of power that he normally does to get what he wants. So I think of any time that you were to jump out, it's probably now, but I wouldn't be surprised if when he does jump out, if he happens to like fall down another staircase and break his back again. I just think there might be a weird coincidence there. We'll see. We'll wait and see. July, they think. July. There might be some CFMEU guys around to call the ambulance though, if he's lucky. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, Interesting thoughts, eh? Hey? All right. On that note, we'll leave it there, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next week.